0: Hey friends, this is Heidi St. John. Welcome to Off The Bench. You guys have found me, my little corner of the internet. Today is Monday, the 25th of April. And today I'm gonna take some time and answer your questions. Stick around, I think you're gonna be encouraged. Well, I'm glad you guys have joined me today. We're gonna do... Just jump right into your questions because I'm running a little bit behind. I hope you guys are enjoying the guests that we're having here at the show. If you would like to leave a review for the podcast, we would really like to hear what you have to say. You can do that by going to iTunes or leaving reviews for the show anywhere that reviews are found. We'd love to hear your point of view. We're going to start having uh, different perspectives coming on the show, and we really are curious to know how you guys are responding to what's happening in the culture right now, and I'm certainly seeing that. As your letters are coming in, if you want to reach out to me and have your question answered here, just go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash Mailbox Monday. All right, I'm going to jump right into your questions. Love hearing what you guys are saying, and I've asked you for your off-the-bench stories. That Mailbox Monday link is where I would love to hear your off-the-bench story. And this one came in from a brand new podcast listener. I love this woman. Uh, She said, hey, Heidi, I had never listened to a podcast I had never donated to anyone running for office. I had never homeschooled. I had never bought anything off a website and used a promo code. I had never thought about having to cancel Disney until now. I was referred to you from a friend about a year ago and I had been listening to back issues and finally caught up. I didn't even know where to find podcasts, but my friend had to show me and now I figured it out and I've listened to several. A whole new world has opened up to me and I just donated to your campaign. I've always voted, but I realize voting is not enough in our present-day situation. I am now in my second year of homeschooling my 13-year-old. He loves it, and I love it. And side note, we're using part of Dakota's curriculum. I just bought a bunch of stuff from my pillow with your promo code. We canceled Disney, and I was surprised about how on board my husband was. He, too, is sick of it. I was so upset to hear on your podcast that you were in Percival not too long ago, which is right down the road, and I'm hoping to be in Pigeon Ford for a vacation when you are going to be there. Thanks so much, Morgan. Morgan, thank you for that. It's such an encouragement to me and a blessing to hear how God is using this podcast in your life and truly. Uh, it's a joy for me to see you guys responding and doing more than listening, but really responding and uh, and using the promo code to help us out at Pillow. Those ads, by the way, and thank you for bringing it up. These are the things that sustain this ministry here, uh, particularly now as I am so engaged in this run for Congress. Thank you for helping me. It takes every single one of us, every one of us to get off the bench and onto the battlefield. I think our country is worth fighting for. And it's just wonderful to see you guys engaging in homeschooling, saying, hey, you know what, Disney, forget, forget you. We're not gonna, we're not gonna send our money to Disney anymore. We're gonna do the thing that's right for our family and put our money where our mouth is and not give money to organizations and individuals that are furthering to damage and erode the foundations of our country. So I appreciate that. Thank you so much for writing in. I'm gonna jump into some of your questions today. There's a lot of them here. The first one is from Rachel in Maine. She wants to know if I've seen the documentary Watch the Water and what my thoughts were on it. So, yes, I did watch part of it. To be perfectly honest, I didn't make it all the way to the end. I rarely have more than about 15 minutes to devote to things. As with anything, and uh, this is going to relate to another question, I'm going to encourage you guys to be Bereans, all right? All right. Uh, I wanna be careful that we don't just jump down a rabbit hole, all right? But that said, there were some very compelling things in that video. It just makes me go, you know what? The time is is short and we need to be careful, right? So we wanna live not as unwise, but as wise because the Apostle Paul said that the times we're living in are dangerous. And these they were dangerous times when the Apostle Paul was on the earth. So um, I wanna encourage you just to be discerning. And that brings me to some questions from the gospel about the Gospel Coalition, two separate listeners. So I'm gonna to touch on this today for just a minute. Lori in Manitoba. Heidi, I'm a faithful listener to your podcast and respect your opinion. Please go into detail about the concerns you have with the Gospel Coalition. Amanda in Arizona, same thing. What are your thoughts on the Gospel Coalition? Well, uh, I have several concerns with them. First of all, it's probably worth noting that um, you know this is Tim, Timothy Keller's organization. He was a, a, a co-founder of the Gospel Coalition and I really for years and years have enjoyed them and thought that they were pretty uh, right on the money until they started wading into social justice. And I feel like these guys have waded more into social justice and really exposed themselves to all manner of uh, ridiculous lines of thinking. And I think that in some, some cases, their view is very, very scripturally based. And in other cases, I would say that they're drifting too far toward a political or racially charged stance that is really more grounded in cultural trends than in core truth. And that is what we are supposed to be doing as Christians. Listen to what gotquestions.org says about them. Related to social issues is the Gospel Coalition's approach to the fundamental role of Christians in the world. Complicating those positions is the fact that the Gospel Coalition associates with a relatively broad range of views. There are speakers, resources, and leaders connected to the Gospel Coalition that one could reference in support of dispensationalism or covenant theology or kingdom theology. These views have very different implications for how the church interacts with government, culture, and society. Overall, the Gospel Coalition adheres to a biblical, doctrinally sound approach to faith, spirituality, and morality. As a large and diverse group, it's all but guaranteed that something the Gospel Coalition, quote, tolerates— will be the point of disagreement for some believers somewhere. And as I have uh, I've watched, the thing that's most concerning to me is I think the Gospel Coalition is very much trending toward progressive uh, Christianity. That is concerning to me. I think we should be wary of it. But it's wise to point out that the Bible teaches us that we are supposed to be wise with every uh, organization and every church and every pastor and every teaching that we come across. We're supposed to be cautious and I think that the Gospel Coalition has warranted more uh, more of a second look, I think, in recent years. I've been very frustrated, and I have called Timothy Keller out for several of the things that he's tweeted here, uh, particularly as it relates to abortion. His, uh, f- I would call this a flimsy approach to how our faith, should be lived out in the culture. And so uh, in that regard, I'm very frustrated with the gospel coalition. But the Bible says again, that we are supposed to be uh, uh, skeptical. In Acts chapter 17, verse 11, it says, now these Jews talking about the Bereans were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures to see if these things were so. And in 1 John chapter four, verse one, we read, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. Am I saying that the Gospel Coalition is this den of false teachers? No, but I have seen a lack of biblical wisdom and a lack of what I would call biblical discernment in some of their teachings over the last several years. And I frankly don't read them anymore. And so that's why. I don't think that they're uh, wolves in sheep's clothing. I'm just frustrated to the point of going, you know, I don't need to read that stuff anymore. And that's pretty much the stance I'm taking. Linda in Illinois, love your podcast, Heidi. Always encouraging and biblical sound advice. I have a Christian friend who works with children and now with transgender youth. She is struggling with using the quote, preferred pronoun that she knows is not true. Our Bible study leader told her to use their pronouns as a way of not pushing the child away to gain their trust so that she might at some time be a trusted adult to share the love of Jesus with them. Others said to avoid pronouns as possible, as this is not affirming or going against what her job has told her she must do. How should a Christian respond? There are so many troubled by this and others afraid of losing their jobs. God bless you and all you do to help encourage Christians to speak the truth in love. Well, you just answered your own question, uh, Linda, at the end of your comment to me, which is that we as Christians are called to speak the truth in love. The Bible teaches us that there are only two genders. God created us, according to Genesis one twenty seven, male and female. In his image, the Bible goes on to say that for this reason, a man should leave his father and his mother and be united to his wife, and the two should become one flesh. And so this idea that there's a, a third gender and that somehow we need to react as if there were in order to spare someone the indignity of being called by the wrong pronoun is uh, what I call sacrificing truth on the altar of a misguided mercy. So if my child came to me and said, mom, I don't think I'm a a girl anymore, I think I'm a boy, I would lovingly say, no, you're wrong. You're not a boy, you will never be a boy because God has made you unique as a young girl. And that is what needs to happen. I frankly do not understand why the church is not at the forefront of this issue, this issue that is absolutely causing irrevocable harm to our young people today. And so while I would never advocate for you to be rude or disrespectful in any way at all, I would also say we have an obligation to tell the truth you know, 37% of Americans cannot name a single freedom out of the First Amendment, and 74% cannot name the three branches of government. No wonder we are experiencing tyranny in America at levels many of us never thought we would see in our lifetime. Well, my friends at Patriot Academy recognize that an educated citizenry is absolutely essential for our survival as a free people. This is why their mission is to inspire patriotism, equip citizens, and educate a nation to live out their freedoms. They also know that freedom is not a boring subject, especially when comedian Brad Stein, God's comic, is in the mix. Well, starting April 11th, Brad Stein, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, and America's Constitution coach, Rick Green... We'll be bringing the Comedy and Constitution Tour to cities across Texas. Join them for one-of-a-kind edutainment that's going to educate, entertain, equip, and inspire your family to accept, protect, and purposefully pass on the torch of freedom. Learn more at patriotacademy.com forward slash Texas tour. Jay in Ohio. Hi Heidi, thank you so much for your podcast. It's gotten me through so much of the last couple of years. My question is, I homeschool my children. We are active in church and in our relationship with God. My 15-year-old just started a new job and just told me that his shift supervisor is gay. My question is, should I allow him to continue to work at this establishment? I know he's young and easily influenced. I also know I can't shelter him from things like this for the rest of his life, but it made my mama heart a little uneasy, and I'm not sure which direction to go. Thank you so much for everything you do. So this is the thing. I mean, again, you guys are really answering your own questions. I love that you're thinking critically about these things. Your child at 15 years old has had 15 years now to be influenced by you and be told what was right and what was wrong. And he is going to be working in the world. We are called to be salt and light in the world, in the world, but not of it. And so whenever I I, um, am considering my children, Going out into the world to get jobs at fifteen or sixteen or seventeen years old, I'm I'm looking for a couple of benchmarks. You know, do they really under, do they understand who they are? Are they leaders or are they followers? Are they easily influenced by those people that are around them? Could they be influenced to do something uh, that was dishonoring to the Lord, or have has their uh, faith been uh, tested already? And so. To me, uh, and I would say this with about any situation, not just if somebody who's working with them uh, is living a homosexual lifestyle. We could be talking about drugs. We could be talking about a wrong application of scripture. We could be talking about people who are unscrupulous. So it goes beyond this issue, and the issue is an issue of discernment. The Bible says that when a student is fully trained, he'll be like his teacher. And so when, you're, when your kids are in the position of being trained by somebody, whether that's a supervisor or a teacher in a school or whatever it is, parents need to take into account the maturity and the spiritual um, growth of their students. And so that's where I would send you, I think this has everything to do with where your son is in his walk with the Lord and how closely you guys are helping him in terms of just talking to him about where he's at. I love that he's already talking to you about this. That tells me you've got a great relationship with him. And I'd say, keep it up and just keep an eye on what's happening. Just keep those lines of communication open. And, and truly, I mean, this is where a lot of parents, I think, mess it up because we, we're not keeping those lines of communication open. And eventually we find out our kids are being influenced by people and we, had, we just had no idea. So I love that your son is talking to you. I think it's, it's probably more important that you've got that line of communication established and that you continue to talk with your kids about what's happening in their lives. Julia in Texas. Heidi, my boyfriend and I are staunch conservatives, and he is working on his master's degree in library sciences. We are seeing firsthand the heavily biased liberal master's curriculum content, which reveals librarian approved reference databases which promote critical race theory, sexual content, and diversity equity topics. He could ultimately choose to avoid working in the library environment to avoid this liberal agenda, but he's young. And could be a long term instrument of change. How can we find a conservative network of librarians and educators to one, boost conservative morale in this profession, and two, collaborate and work toward turning the education system right side up? So it sounds to me like you guys are uh, opening your eyes really to something that I've been talking about here for a long time. The American Library Association is a deeply political organization, deeply corrupt. The books at our libraries are corrupt. I had a young mother uh, went to a uh, a library here in Vancouver, Washington, the Three Creeks Library in Salmon Creek, and her little three-year-old was just sitting on the ground with board books and came over to her mother with a book called I'm Not a Girl. And it was this young boy looking in the mirror, and he saw a girl looking back at him. And she read this book out loud. It's terribly confusing, damaging. These are lies from the pit of hell, but they need to be uh, influenced by people of conscience and by people of character and conviction and frankly, people that have the Holy Spirit. And so I would say pray about this, but I believe uh, you guys are in a position right now to actually influence change. The question becomes, are you gonna be the influencers of change or are other people gonna influence you? And so um, I don't know of a conservative network of librarians like the medical community, like education. I'd like to see a fourth lane open up for libraries that are not uh, haven't been swallowed up by this liberal progressive monster that pushes this garbage on our children. So if anyone's listening to this podcast and you guys have an idea about what this conservative network might look like, maybe it already exists. I would love to hear it. And in answer to your question, I do believe that staying in the system, as long as you know who you are, this is why I say adults should stay in it. Our our children need to be removed. But to collaborate and work toward turning the education system right side up, boy, you guys have my prayers and my support. It's going to take everything that's in you. And I think that God can do it in you. So I'm excited to see where it leads. Heidi, we are thrilled to expect our fourth baby in less than five weeks. I have a hard time trying with each pregnancy due to severe vomiting and dehydration and placenta problems each time. It causes such a stress in our family. Every pregnancy, our children, my husband, and grandparents feel the weight of it. My husband and I own a business and he spends hours working and faithfully providing, so the weight of this is usually on the grandparents and their wonderful hearts. Everyone is happy to make the sacrifice. But I am now in my 30s, and the thought of being hospitalized for long periods of time again in future pregnancies and away from my growing family is starting to make me reconsider having more. Both my husband and I would love to have a large family, but we're also content if we choose to make this a permanent decision and not have any more children. I have a choice to remove my tubes when I deliver this baby, and I'm on board for this, but am I making a sound choice? I have prayed through Psalm 25 and have read all the verses on how children are a blessing. I just want to be sure that this permanent decision won't dishonor the Lord in spite of the freedom we have in Christ. My husband and I are completely on board with adoption and would love to add to our family in that way and would satisfy our desire to have more children. So um, I love this question. I'm going to reiterate what I have said many times on the show. The Bible says children are a blessing. It does not say that they are a requirement. Whenever I talk to young people, and if you guys are just uh, in your 30s, I would consider you very young. Whenever I talk to young people, I always say do not make a permanent decision uh, for uh, that uh, that covers up what could be a temporary um, dissatisfaction or you might lean some way one one year and then change your mind the next. So there are lots of ways to prevent having children that don't require a permanent thing such as removing your tubes, but I do not see this as a sin against the Lord. And I know some people are gonna send me hate mail for that, but I just don't see it in scripture. I have studied this thing, this topic extensively and uh, again, the Bible says children are a blessing. I think the sin comes in when we don't recognize the blessing of children. Certainly taking the life of an unborn child absolutely uh, is a sin against God and obviously against that child. But the fact of the matter is you've got a, you've got a unique situation. I understand um, uh, hyper hypermesis and we've had several friends who have had it. Uh, not me but i i know friends who have struggled with that and i understand that this is difficult i also know that you're talking about a child so at the end of the day you have to decide is this uh, what we're going to get in return which is you're going to get a brand new little baby human being that you and your husband get to raise and love is that worth the uh, months that it's going to take you to struggle through that pregnancy i always think yes it is worth it but again this isn't this isn't thus saith the lord this is the, you know the, thus saith Heidi St. John. So I'm not gonna sit here and tell you I've got all the answers to. I just know that what you're talking about does not constitute sin. And I love that you guys have a heart to adopt. And certainly that is something that is needed in the culture right now. And so I would affirm that as well. Thank you for writing in. Jennifer in Indiana wants to volunteer for a campaign, but her husband thinks the country is a lost cause. I love this, uh, this comment and question. She said, Heidi, I wanna support a strong Christian conservative running in the primary for my state house district. I wanna volunteer and help pass out door hangers. My husband questions my desire to help this gentleman's campaign because he thinks our country is a lost cause and it's so corrupt that we as believers already know the outcome of this depraved world. How do I respond to him letting him know that our effort while on this earth matters and is very important? Well, Jennifer, I'm always telling people this, the fastest way to lose a fight is just not to show up to fight. That's the fastest way. You want to see the country go off a cliff? Don't get involved. Don't try to change it. You know, we've got children and grandchildren coming up behind us, and we don't know when the Lord's going to return. And this idea of fatalism, I hear it all the time in in, in churches and from pastors even who refuse to engage, is frankly dishonoring to the Lord. Because Jesus said that we were supposed to, uh, to be salt and light. He said, occupy until I return. This term occupy meaning get in there and make a difference. Do what you know is right. And so when I hear parents tell me and or husbands or or pastors or anything say, hey, it's a lost cause, it's never a lost cause. And frankly, it's not even about the cause, it's about obedience. So we know that we have the opportunity right now through the system of government that we've been given to make a positive difference. And the only way we know for sure we're gonna lose the battle is never to engage in the war in the first place. So keep praying God has us here for a reason. We are not. We don't pray just so we can thank the Lord. We pray for direction. Lord, give us instruction. Show us what you want us to do. It's why I'm running for Congress. And I've said this many times, if you guys are listening to this and it's within your ability to help me if I run for Congress, uh, we need your help. And everybody that I know that's running right now, that's leaving it all in the field to fight for freedom is in the same position that I am. And it takes every single one of us to get off the bench and onto the battlefield. And I would just encourage you to do that canvassing, all those things. They're very, very important and you've got an opportunity to do it right now. So pray for your husband, love on him and remind him that the surest way to lose a fight is not to get onto the field. That's all I got time for today, you guys. Thank you so much for uh, getting those questions to me. If you would like your question addressed here at Mailbox Monday, just shoot me that email or get on that form at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash Mailbox Monday. Thanks for listening to everybody and for leaving reviews for this podcast wherever podcasts are heard We appreciate it very much. I'll see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture.